We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages and inspires you. For more information, head to lifepointwithane.org.au. There's déjà vu as Lloyd brings the trolley over. Let me tell you the story of when we were, <laughs> we went um, online during COVID and um, we could only have at one stage five people here. So everybody had to double up for something. So I was doing communion and I couldn't sit the communion on the pulpit. So I said, Lloyd, if we put the communion on a trolley like this, if you get on your knees and push it in, you'll be underneath the camera. They'll do just a close-up of me and the communion will be arrived and we'll just go on to communion. We thought everything went well until we saw the playback. It was on a widescreen and for some reason, here is Lloyd kneeling across the stage, pushing this trolley, stopping, waiting, stopping, waiting, and finally got to me and everybody saw it. So those were the days as we went into um, places where we had never gone before. So Lloyd, you achieved well this morning. Thank you so much. Hey, it's my privilege to preach to you on our theme, making change, making change. And something that really makes change is generosity. Generosity is something that really changes life. Now, last week I talked about our talents and using our talents. I mentioned to you that God owns everything, that He expects um, you to use what He's given you so that you can invest and encourage others. And we got to the end where it was faithful people use what God gives them, unfaithful people just don't do anything. And that was the final line. So as we look at generosity, it is so much part of our church. This is our heartbeat book and this talks about the culture of our church. And there's so many amazing statements as we talk about the culture of our church. But one of these is we honour God as church, we honour one another. Another one is we pray bold, faith-filled, expectant prayers that we believe God will answer. We talk about grace and said we're committed to extending grace to one another. Our dreams are we will dream big, we'll aim high, and we are not afraid to fail because that's our God. And the one in giving, it says we love to give generously and radically. How important that is to give generously and radically. So our values are so important to who we are. What we talk about, what we really believe is just absolutely so important. Do you realise this morning you are sitting in the generosity of others? This very building is because people were generous over the years. And the stories we've told about um, the ladies selling, um, digging ginger so that they can make money to build one of the youth halls, about so many people who've invested their time and effort, the people that gave so generously so that we could be in this building. For some reason, generosity touches hearts. And this, this year, as we move into this year, I think it's time for us to um, look at what God has for us because for the last couple of years, we've all battened down the hatches. It's been a tough couple of years. This year, we're just coming out a little bit, but the opportunities we're gonna have to bless others this year. Let's have a quick look at the screen. I'll be back in a moment. Generosity comes in many forms. Our time, our help, our kindness and our resources. But here's what we know the Bible teaches us. 
When God's blessing comes to us, it must also go through us. So, what would it look like for you this year to be generous? A timely gift? A helping hand? An act of kindness? Prosperity isn't meant to raise our standard of living, but to raise our standard of giving. Abundance isn't meant for us to live in luxury, but for us to help others live. And generosity isn't just something God wants from us, but something God wants for us. When Jesus came to save the world, he didn't ask, what can I spare? Instead, he asked, what will it take? So, what would it look like for you this year to be generous? so much experience that from so many people because we're in a very, very generous church. Acts 20, 35 says, it's more blessed to give than receive. Do you believe that? You know, we don't naturally get born wanting to give. I had to learn that in my journey. I was brought up in a really poor family. We, we didn't have a lot and Occasionally, my mum would get enough money together to buy the flour, the eggs and the sugar and she would make little patty cakes. And I loved patty cakes. I used to wait for those afternoons, which were very rare, but when I could smell these patty cakes in the oven. <laughs> did any of that, anyone have parents who did that? And we knew this was our special afternoon because we're rich this afternoon. We are having patty cakes. Now... <clears throat> We didn't always have a lot because she never had enough money to make lots and store them. And I had two older brothers at that time. So we would just get some. And you know, I wanna share with you, if I had a friend around, if I had a friend around that afternoon, now I'm gonna be really honest, and mum was doing patty cakes, I would make sure my friend was outside. (laughs) And I would race inside and have a patty cake because I was brought up with a mentality that there's not enough to go around. That was my mentality. And if I shared these patty cakes and my brothers got them to them as well, I would end up probably having one patty cake. You see, I grew up with a scarcity mindset. And that simply says, there's not enough to go around. You can't share because there is not enough. Who was brought up with that mentality? Who was brought up in a poorer family where that mentality started to rise up? It's so easy to have that mentality rather than an abundant mindset where there's always more. There's always more. That's a faith aspect. It's wonderful to serve others and there is abundance and there is more. It's a bit like I had a cheesecake here today and we cut half a cheesecake and someone said, oh, not a half, that's too much. So a um, scarcity mindset will say, hey, there won't be enough left for me, so don't give away too much. (coughs) An abundant mindset says, we can make another cheesecake, so let's give away plenty. 
I wonder where your mindset is today and from your background and where you've come from, exactly what happened. Who grew up with that scarcity mindset? Who grew up with an abundant mindset? Who had to learn along the way to change? You know, when I first got saved, I'd been brought up with this, this mindset. And um, I knew God wanted to change it in my heart. And he explained to me what generosity is all about. And I had a lesson I had to learn. And he taught me this way. One particular afternoon when I was just part of the youth group and Meryl and I just knew each other. We weren't going together, but we just knew each other. Meryl invited me along to um, a church where a missionary from Venezuela was sharing her journey. And as she shared her journey, she played a thing called a marimba. A marimba is a great big xylophone, which is a lot bigger than this table. She'd put out um, CDs and things like that. And she's an incredible player of this marimba. And as she shared her journey, she shared a story. She shared what she did at Venezuela and how she'd uh, touched many lives and many, heart, many hearts through her music. And she shared the gospel and many people had come to faith. She shared her needs, that, that she, she really, really needed finances to go back there. Now, I had no money whatsoever at that time. I was an apprentice. And I thought, there's nothing I could do. And she shared that and she gave out some cards. And I took a card and, and it all finished. The next week, I realised I was in this Apprentice of the Year competition. And with this Apprentice of the Year competition, if I won, I would win $100. Now, back then, $100 was a lot of money. So I prayed. As a new Christian, I prayed and said, God, if I win this competition, I'll give that $100 to this lady who played the marimba. Now, I don't remember whether there was a motive behind that or not. But I knew if I won it, I got it, I would do what I asked God to do. And I won it. So I rang her up and I said, I've got $100. I just rang her up and said, I would love to give a donation to you and what you're doing. So I had to um, find her in Brisbane. I think she's Fernie Hills right out the back in a caravan behind someone's house. I finally got there and I had it all in an envelope and I gave her that money. And she had a cup of tea with me and she just said, thanks very much and all that sort of stuff and all the work she did and I drove away. A week ago, a week after that, I got a, a thing called a letter. A letter. <laughs> I got a letter from her. For those who don't know, it's a little thing in a square envelope. It takes a week to get there. And it was a letter. And I opened up this letter. And in that letter, she just shared with me how when she opened up that envelope and saw $100 there from a, from a young guy who was, you know, just under his tw about 20, a young guy who was willing to invest in her ministry, just how that generosity touched her heart. And not only just to her heart, but she shared that with a mission. And the mission was so excited that people saw the vision and started to invest in her mission. And all of a sudden I realised generosity does something. Generosity touches others' hearts. Generosity opens up doors where nothing else can go. And I realise that as we invest in other people's lives, that is absolutely amazing. That is what generosity is all about. Generosity impacts lives. If you want to impact someone's life, be generous to them and they will be impacted. 
Now, the Bible talks about this, and Paul is so excited about this in the book of Corinthians. He was writing to the Corinthian church, and he was telling them about another church, the Macedonia church. And he was saying that this other church, he was so encouraged by them because the Macedonia church moved his heart so much. They were absolutely dirt poor, living in absolute poverty, and they gave a massive gift to another church, the Corinthian church. 2 Corinthians 8.2, let me read it for you. It says, In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up with rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first to the Lord and then to the will of God and also to us. They gave as much as they were able and they gave even more. This just absolutely blew Paul's mind. And that's why we've got it in Scripture that they gave so much. Their, their attitude was they gave it entirely of their own accord. No one coerced them. They saw a need and they gave it. They pleaded for the privilege to give. Man, this is amazing. Can we please give? And they pleaded for that privilege. Paul said to them, it's not for you to give. I know you're poor. I know you don't have the money. But they said, can I have the privilege to be blessed, to bless others? There was something that they really wanted to do. They were pleading for the privilege to give. Isn't that amazing? How different it is today. Have you ever pleaded that God would give you the privilege to give. Pleaded for that blessing to bless others with generosity because you know what God does when we are so generous. Today we have gimmicks and we have everything to try and get people to give. But that, back then, when God touched people's heart, it was amazing. So he says, first of all, the keys here. The key is, first, they gave themselves first to the Lord, then by the will of God, they gave to others. Paul says, excel in the grace of giving. You know, the church is positioned in such a way to bless the community. And that's what they gave to the local church to bless the community powerfully. We believe, they absolutely believed that they were more blessed to give than receive. How's your generosity going? On a scale of one to 10, 10 would mean that all you own is the clothes you're wearing today because you've given everything else away. One means you've even kept the last cupcake to yourself. <laughs> On a scale of one to 10, where would you put yourself today? Isaiah 38 says, be generous people, plan to do what is generous. They stand firm in their generosity. It's saying plan to do what is generous because the Bible's saying generosity is so important because it touches hearts and changes lives. Let me give you a demonstration here. Here's my 
be glass. What I've got is, first of all, to fill this up, I've got some rather large rocks. And these large rocks represent the things that are really important. So I put them in first because they, they really need to go in there first without breaking the glass. They're the big things. They're the important things. What are the seven or eight most important things to you in your life that you make sure happens first? That you plan that they will happen. You plan that they are part of your lives. To you, it could be your holidays. So you plan your holidays before the year starts. To you, it could be a new house. So you plan for that new house. But part of Scripture is saying, to be a generous person, we need to plan to be generous. And that needs to be part of the important things. Then the other stuff in our life, we start to add to it the best we can. As you see, it all doesn't fit sometimes. But we, we do different things in our life. We add this stuff to our life and then we top it up with that. They're the different things we do. Then after that, we can add a few more other things that aren't really important, but we, we add them as well into our life and, and what's happening and what's going on. And then the last thing, we top our life up with just the stuff that is left over that we can put in there to fill our life right to the brim. And I think if we talk about lives for people, I think that represents our lives right now. They're full up, absolutely full up with stuff. And then all of a sudden God convicts you and says, I need you to change the priority. I need you to change one of those bigger stones in your lives. Maybe it's church attendance. Maybe it might be blessing someone. Maybe it is in generosity and giving. But to change your life once it's full is very, very difficult. So to change it, what do we have to do? We have to start to get rid of stuff because people try to continue to add stuff to their life. And the more we add stuff to our full life, it means it's going to overflow. So I want to encourage you, if your life is full, absolutely full of stuff, you need to empty some out first before you can add more. And that's the same with generosity. That's the same with giving. We've got to look at where do we cut to give and to bless others. God wants us to be a cheerful giving giver. And he unfolds it in Scripture so beautifully with some principles. And the first principle is simply that everything, everything belongs to God. Like everything we have, like in a hundred years' time, whatever you've got in the bank, will it matter to you? In a hundred years' time, the house you're living in, the planet you're living on, the people you're living with, will it matter? Because see the big picture, because the scripture talks about eternity. Everything belongs to God. Psalm 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. And he's given us the privilege, the absolute honour to be good stewards of what he has given us. And he asks us to do a few things about the stewardship. And as we read Exodus and stuff through the Old Testament, it gives us a good foundation for what God is talking about. Exodus 12, 2 says, Consecrate for me the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb amongst the children of Israel, both of man and beast, is mine. To consecrate the first to God. 
to give to God first. There's, there's something about giving to God first. And then he talks about the tithes throughout the, the Old Testament. He talks about the tithe. And the word tithe is simply a Hebrew word, which means a tenth. And you see it in Scripture, you see it as a tenth. He said, when your sheep has a lamb, you are to give the first one to God. Not the tenth one. Here's the reason why. It takes faith to give the first, believing that God is going to give the next ones. And there's always a step of faith as we give to God, as we take a step of faith and give to God. God wants us to put out His um, faith to the test as we give to God and trust Him. In the promised land, when they went to the promised land, the first place they had to conquer was Jericho. So they brought down the walls of Jericho by God's grace and God's power. And God said to bring the spoil, to bring everything out of Jericho that they plundered and bring it and give it to the Lord. He said, bring it and give it to the Lord. And they did that. When they went to Ai, the next place, someone robbed some of the spoil, spoilage they got and God was not happy because God said this is mine and I want you to freely give it to me God is amazing if we have a look at this I might ask someone Mel could you come up and pile these up here for me please so I need these in two big rows across there thank you just on top here and these represent if we have a look at these skittles if we look at how much God has given us, just say how much comes in, how much God gives us. This would be a demonstration of what He has given us. You know, in this, just to live in Australia, He's given us so much. It's amazing how much He's given us. And to have a wage to come in each week is amazing because God has given us so much and He's faithful. But in giving it to us, He says, it's really mine. It's really all mine, totally mine. I own it all. Because he's going to take it one day. We're going to go to heaven. So if this really gives us a demonstration, if we look at that and said, that's the total income that I have. It all does belong to God, but he said, I want you to be a steward. So he says, when you give, I want you to give a tenth, a tenth to me. So that means... This one is mine, this one's mine, this one's mine, this one's been given to me, 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 this one's been given to me. And God is saying, all I'm asking for you to be generous and to bless God's people is just one, just one. Isn't that a generous God? Isn't that an amazing generous God when God says you can have all this? People too often think about, oh, I've got to give that away. Hey, God says I can have all of this and here is the one to give away. What an amazing God. What an incredible generous God to say, Phil, you can have all that and I just want you to use this because this will be a blessing to others. And that's what the tithe is, the opportunity to bless the community as we bless the church. And God says, all oh, this is yours. And then you realise that generosity works. And you, you give your tithe and think, well, 
God, I could probably sponsor some compassion children so I could really bless the compassion children. For those who are sponsoring compassion children, let me tell you, they are so blessed. <laughs> they just know your name. They've got your picture on their wall. They don't have a fridge, so it's on the wall. They've got your picture on the wall because you are blessing them so immensely. So I learned the principle of generosity and I think I can use some of this so I can bless others as well. And just keeps going on and on and on. There is something powerful about generosity. I've told this story before. There's a guy, I don't remember his name. I probably don't even remember his face, but 21 years ago, he met me in the atrium when we were asking for funds for this church and we needed to, to pay for um, the building of the church. And he was someone I'd met through the week and he had absolutely no money. He didn't have a car, he got round in a bike, he didn't have food and we'd given him some food from our pantry. But after the service, he said, Phil, come over here. I come over here and he said, I got paid this week and all I got is $5. But he said, I wanna give it to the church for the building program because I believe in generosity. And do you know what I said to him? I said, no. I said, I can't take it. You can't give that. You're gonna starve for the rest of the week. You've got, you've got absolutely nothing. And he started, like the, the people at Macedonia Church, he said, but Phil, I wanna give because I know generosity will impact lives. I know my generosity will impact lives. I'm not giving a tenth, I'm giving everything. And everyone could say, only $5. He gave everything. He gave everything because he wanted to bless others. I share my blessing 21 years later from a guy whose name I've forgotten because he knew the principle of generosity and generosity touches hearts and transforms lives. That's the church that I see. That's the people I see when I see us here at Life Point. A people who are generous, a people who love generosity, a people who see what it is to put grace and generosity together, people who, who step up and give and give generously so we can bless our community, so our community at large can see us blessing them through our generosity. The people who come at Christmas lights, many people talk to me and say, look, we're so blessed because there's hundreds of you guys giving up time and effort, working so hard. We can come in and we get fairy floss and popcorn and free and it's such a blessing. And you know, over the years, 18 years, this is our 19th year, people have come to me and said, if you only charge $1 for the popcorn fairy floss, you would have made probably $500,000 by now. Yes, but we would have missed our generosity. And after 18 years of free fairy floss and popcorn, we are still 20 plus thousand dollars in the black, in the bank account, because God is a generous God. That's what He does. That's how He gives. He is absolutely amazing. Can I encourage you to be part of a church that is so generous? Yes, generous with my tithe to invest in the local church by giving my tent. And it's proportionate giving. He says a tenth because it doesn't matter how big this is, it's still just a tenth is what you give. 
And that's why he says a tenth. He doesn't put a number on it. He just says, hey, proportion, I give a tenth. If I get $10, I give $1. If I have $100, I give $10. If I have 100 million, hey, I give 20 million or something like that. Like I can be a blessing to others. It's an incredible principle. The scarcity mindset says, wait, there's not enough to go around. The abundant mindset says, if I bless God and give what's His, He's gonna give it back. And something Meryl and I have found over the years, when we've given to God or given a bit more, hey, it mightn't be that week that it comes back, but we have so much because God is so generous. God is just so, so, so Generous, he's amazing. And I wanna be generous to you. I really wanna be generous to you this morning. I've got a cake for you. I actually bought this cake with my own money. <laughs> I paid for it. It's an Aldi one because it was a bit cheaper there. But, but, uh, but I got it for you. And, and it's amazing. And I wanna share this cake with every one of you. Um, and I want someone to be a steward of my cake. Dave, you've been out before. Could you come out again, please? I think you would be a great steward. Here's the cake, and I want you to be a steward. Now, here's the knife. Now, the first portion we're going to give, I, Neil, I think Neil's gonna have a piece of cake. So look at the cake, look at the people. Can you cut a piece of cake for Neil, please. <laughs> this, everyone's getting cake this morning. Absolutely everyone. Oh, hey, that's, I can hardly, I, look, I can hardly see, oh my, no, no, no. Let's be generous to Neil. Let's give him half the cake. Oh yeah, come on, let's, let, let's give, yeah. There you go. Can you take that over and give that to Neil? Neil, this is for you. <laughs> Man, buddy, there you go. That's your cake. Dave, thank you so much. Thanks for being a great student and being generous. Really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Now, for those with scarcity mindsets, who's saying, well, where's my cake? <laughs> Who wishes I waited till everybody went? It was just me and one other person we shared. No, you, you have a seat, you have a seat. Everyone's going to get some cake. Do you know why everyone's going to get some cake? Because I bought you cake. Can I bring in the cake, please? Let's bring in the cake. So come on down, here we go. So there is enough cake for everybody in this church this morning because I was thinking of you when we bought the cake. It wasn't about the one portion, it was about I want cake for everybody. And you know, with God, God's the same. When you take your first bit and you think there's not enough to go around, God's saying, hey, I've got the bigger plan. I own everything. I absolutely own everything. And if you're not stingy with the bit I've given you, you're gonna see what I really own. And this is all my cake, and they weren't all from Aldi. 
because I want to share it with you. And there is some gluten-free and there's some chocolate and there's some caramel and there's some vanilla because I knew the big picture. This morning, God knows the big picture. He's a generous God. The principle is you give and He will bless you. And that's something we need to own and that's something we need to have. So after the service, if you go out, turn to the left, all these cakes are all cut up, ready for you to enjoy a massive piece of cake out in our courtyard. Thank you. Thanks, team, for for bringing in the cake. So as our worship team comes up, let's stand together. Let's stand together. And let's ask God to help us demonstrate what it means to be generous because so many people are blessed when they're generous. Kaiden down the front seat, he is such a generous little boy. He's the most generous boy I know. And he'll come to our place and he'll bring a pack of chips in and say, Granddad, do you want a pack of chips? I said, oh, isn't he generous? And I'll say, thanks, Kaiden. Yeah, I love it. Thank you. And then from behind his back, he says, and can I have a packet as well? He knows the principle of me wanting to bless him.